0: You're listening to Earshot from WXXI News. I'm Veronica Volk. This week, political leaders are calling for Governor Andrew Cuomo to resign after the Attorney General substantiates claims
1: of sexual harassment. These interviews and pieces of evidence reveal a deeply disturbing... Yet clear picture. And a new trail
0: in Letchworth State Park caters specifically to neurodivergence. I always was so hopeless before this project started, thinking that he was never going to really be able to do much with the world. All that from your local news podcast, Earshot. First, let's talk about Governor Andrew Cuomo. This week, the attorney general released the findings of an independent investigation into sexual harassment claims made against the governor.
1: Governor Cuomo sexually harassed current and former state employees in violation of both federal and state laws.
0: And calls for Cuomo's resignation are loud and clear, from local leaders... We have to hold him accountable now. ...to the highest office in the country.
2: I think he should resign.
0: But before we get into that, how did we get here? It all started on December 13th, 2020.
3: A former aide to Governor Cuomo, who's now running for Manhattan borough president, claims that he sexually harassed her. Lindsay Boylan
0: writes a thread of tweets detailing sexual harassment by the governor. Boylan had been an aide to the governor and was the former deputy secretary of economic development. In her tweets, she said Cuomo, quote, sexually harassed me for years. Many saw it and watched, end quote. Boylan later expands on her accusations in a blog post, saying the governor asked her to play strip poker. And that he kissed her on the lips without warning in his office on one occasion. Cuomo denies these claims.
2: Look, I, I fought for and I believe uh, a woman has the right to come forward and express her opinion, uh, and uh, express issues and, and concerns that she has. Uh, but it's uh, it's just not true.
0: Two months later, and we begin with breaking news
3: tonight. The New York Times is reporting a second former aide has accused Governor Andrew Cuomo of sexual harassment.
0: On February 27, 2021, a New York Times article is published with the account of another accuser, Charlotte Bennett. Bennett is also an ex aide who worked as an executive assistant and a health policy advisor. Bennett alleges that Cuomo asked her questions about her sex life, specifically whether she ever had sex with older men. <laughs> March 1st, The New York Times publishes an account from Anna Rook. Rook met Cuomo at a wedding reception and alleges Cuomo placed his hands on her lower back and face and asked if he could kiss her. March 6th, The Washington Post publishes an account from Karen Hinton. She's a former press aide who says he invited her into his hotel room one night after an event and embraced her with a hug that was, quote, "...too long, too tight, too intimate." That same day, the Wall Street Journal publishes an account from Anna Liss. She's a former policy and operations aide who says he asked if she had a boyfriend, touched her lower back, and kissed her hand. March 9th, the Albany Times-Union publishes an account from an unnamed current staffer, who says she was invited to the governor's mansion for work and inappropriately groped. March 12th, Jessica Bakeman publishes a first-person account in The Cut. Bakeman worked as part of the Capitol Press Corps and says after one event, the governor, quote, "...took my hand, then refused to let it go, put his other arm around my back, his hand on my waist, and held me firmly in place to pose for a picture," end quote. March 18th, Valerie Bauman tweets about her own experience with the governor. Bauman covered Cuomo as attorney general while working for the Associated Press, and says she observed rampant sexism and sexual harassment, and that he made her feel uncomfortable. March 19th, the New York Times publishes the account of Alyssa McGrath. McGrath is a current Cuomo employee and says he would often remark about her looks. March 29th, Cheryl Ville comes forward with her account during a press conference with attorney Gloria Allred. She says the governor came into her home when touring flood damage and pulled her in and kissed her on both cheeks. That's 10 women, 10 different allegations. And all through this, Cuomo denies everything. He says he never inappropriately touched anyone and apologizes if his remarks were ever mistaken for being flirtatious. Cuomo's lawyer, Rita Gavin, defends his kissing and hugging as a holdover of his Italian heritage. Attorney General Letitia James begins an independent investigation, and House Speaker Carl Hasty says the Assembly will begin impeachment investigations. At this point, Cuomo is also under investigation by the FBI for allegations that he hid data about the rate of deaths in New York nursing homes during the first wave of the coronavirus pandemic. And then, for months, things get sort of quiet. Until this week. Karen DeWitt is the Capitol Bureau Chief for New York Public Radio. She's been following this story since December. She says the findings of Attorney General Letitia James' report are striking. And that the independent investigation also identified a previously unknown accuser. Karen DeWitt has
3: this story. James and the investigators she appointed, former acting U.S. Attorney June Kim and employment attorney Ann Clark, interviewed 179 people, including current and former staff of the governor, as well as Cuomo himself. And they reviewed 74,000 pieces of evidence, including documents, emails, texts, and pictures to reach their conclusions.
1: These interviews and pieces of evidence reveal a deeply disturbing yet clear picture Governor Cuomo sexually harassed current and former state employees in violation of both federal and state laws. The independence investigation found that Governor Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women, many of whom were young women, by engaging in unwanted groping, kisses, hugging, and by making inappropriate comments.
3: The report includes testimony from 11 women accusers, including one referred to in the report as Executive Assistant One. She has previously claimed she was the victim of sexual assault by Cuomo. The report finds the junior staffer, who is not releasing her name to the public, was the recipient of numerous offensive interactions with the governor, which culminated in an incident at the Executive Mansion in November 2020, where she says the governor reached under her blouse and grabbed her breast. Investigator Ann Clark also described an account from a female state trooper assigned to guard duties for Cuomo, who says the governor inappropriately touched her on numerous occasions.
4: In an elevator, while standing behind the trooper, he ran his finger from her neck down her spine and said, hey you. Another time, she was standing holding the door open for the governor. As he passed, he took his open hand and ran it across her stomach from her belly button to where she, the hip where she keeps her gun. She told us that she felt completely violated.
3: The trooper also testified that Cuomo often asked her inappropriate questions.
4: She then tried to deflect the conversation by asking the governor what he was looking for in a girlfriend. He responded that he was looking for somebody who could handle pain.
3: Her account was corroborated by several other state troopers who witnessed some of the incidents. Investigator June Kim describes a toxic work culture created by Cuomo and his aides, where one alleged victim described a kind of twilight zone atmosphere, where inappropriate acts by the governor were normalized.
0: As one senior staffer stated bluntly, as the sexual harassment allegations became public in March of this year in text exchanges... With another in the executive, in the administration, I quote, hopefully, when this is all done, people will realize the culture, even outside of the sexual harassment stuff, is not something you can get away with. You can't berate and terrify people 24 7.
3: The report also says Cuomo and his top aides illegally retaliated against one of his accusers, Lindsay Boyland, by releasing some of her personnel records to reporters. Chief of Staff Melissa DeRosa is singled out for not properly reporting sexual harassment incidents between the governor and former aide Charlotte Bennett. A.G. James stopped short of making a criminal referral, and she did not call for the governor's resignation, saying that decision is up to him. James says the incident with Executive Assistant Number 1 was reported to the Albany Police Department. Reaction in New York's political world was swift, with leading elected officials, both Democratic and Republican, reiterating calls for the governor to resign. More ominous is a statement by Assembly Speaker Carl Hastie, whose House is conducting an impeachment inquiry. In a statement, Hastie says the conduct by the governor outlined in this report would indicate someone who is not fit for office. Hastie says the report has been referred to the Assembly Impeachment Inquiry Committee and that he'll have more to say. In the very near future. In the days since that initial announcement, Cuomo released a pre
0: taped video statement in which he maintains his innocence.
2: First, I want you to know directly from me that I never touched anyone inappropriately or made inappropriate sexual advances. I am 63 years old. I have lived my entire adult life in public view. That is just not who I am, and that's not who I have ever been.
0: Despite that, the governor faces four new criminal probes and more calls for him to step down, including from President Joe Biden.
2: What I said was, if the investigation of the attorney general concluded that the allegations were correct, that back in March, that I would recommend he resign. That's what I'm doing today.
0: But as Karen DeWitt reports, that doesn't mean Cuomo is going to change his tune. She has this story on the mounting pressure against the governor.
3: In addition to the Albany County District Attorney, the DAs in Westchester, Manhattan, and Nassau County have requested documents from the Attorney General to launch possible criminal probes. There's also an ongoing federal investigation into the governor's handling of nursing home policy during the COVID-19 pandemic. All major elected officials, from President Joe Biden to the leader of the state's Democratic Party, Jay Jacobs, have now joined calls for Cuomo to resign. An overnight poll from Marist College finds 59% of New Yorkers, including 52% of Democrats, now believe the governor should leave office. Despite that, Cuomo has not updated his recorded message released Tuesday. In it, he says he's staying.
2: And I will not be distracted from that job. We have a lot to do. We still have to manage the COVID beast. It is not dead yet. It's not over.
3: If he doesn't voluntarily leave, it's increasingly likely Cuomo will face impeachment in the Assembly and a trial in the state Senate. Assembly Speaker Carl Hasty says an ongoing impeachment inquiry will now be expedited. Assemblyman Phil Steck of the Capital Region is on the Judiciary Committee, which is conducting the inquiry through an outside law firm. He says the committee is also looking into other allegations, including whether Cuomo improperly used staff to help him write and edit a book for which he was paid $5 million. But Steck says it's possible the impeachment could be based on the sexual harassment report alone. If the Judiciary Committee, through their attorneys, said that this information is definitely sound enough to warrant
2: voting an article of impeachment. It could be the basis for an
3: article of impeachment. Senator Brad Hoylman, appearing on WNYC's The Brian Lehrer Show, says impeachment and a Senate trial is all but inevitable if the governor does not leave on his own.
2: I think that the Assembly could move on the attorney general's report alone goodness knows we have enough uh, detail uh, to demonstrate a pattern of abuse of power at the highest levels of state
1: government.
3: Republican Minority Leader Robert Ort says his members would like to move to the trial stage as quickly as possible.
1: Our conference stands ready to come back immediately to deal with this. There is no CEO in New York State, or for that matter, I believe in America, that would still be the CEO if a report like this came out about their work environment and actions against them.
3: The Impeachment Inquiry Committee is scheduled to meet again on Monday. Karen DeWitt
0: is the Capitol Bureau Chief for New York Public Radio. This is an unprecedented time for New York State politics and a huge developing story, with serious implications in any direction. News is changing fast, and it's possible things have changed since you started listening to this. So stay up to date by following WXXI News on Twitter and online at WXXINews.org. Hi,
2: this is Evan Dawson from WXXI. And if you're enjoying Earshot, then you'll want to subscribe to our other podcast, Connections with Evan Dawson. That's me. On the podcast, you can catch up on discussions about current events, arts, politics, and interesting people. Subscribe to Connections with Evan Dawson where you subscribe to Earshot from WXXI News.
0: And finally, a young man experiences the healing power of deep nature, and it leads to a multi-million dollar project that might be the first of its kind. My colleague James Brown has this story.
5: Deep in Letchworth State Park, Catherine Abita and her son Ali sit on a bench in a leafy green pine tree lined oasis.
4: What do you like about this trail? Do you like the rocks, the trees, the benches?
5: The
3: trees. The trees?
5: He and his mom live in Albany, and it takes him about four hours to drive to Letchworth. They came to see the soon-to-open Autism Nature Trail, also known as the Ant. After watching her son enjoy himself in the company of strangers... Calmly looking at the trees and up at the sky, Abita says she once thought this kind of moment was impossible.
4: I always was so hopeless before this project started, thinking that he was never going to really be able to do much with the world.
5: But Abita didn't give up. She had an idea. When Ali was seven, she brought him to the Gibsonville Trail in Letchworth and walked with him along the stream. Abita says Ali immediately took to the area.
0: Started throwing rocks and was giggling and laughing. It was the first time I'd seen him happy the whole trip out here.
5: This experience set off a chain of events that no one expected. Abita told her mom, Pat, about the afternoon. Pat told her neighbor, Lauren Penman.
4: I'm a retired educator.
5: Penman was so moved by it, she told another neighbor, Susan Hernstein. Hernstein's response surprised
4: Penman. She put down what she was doing and she said, isn't that interesting? I have a grandson with autism who lives in New York City who loves to come and visit me because I take him to Letcher State Park. That was the click that said there's something here.
5: Those conversations led Penman and Hernstein down a rabbit hole of research, eventually leading them to Temple Grandin, a famed scientist who has autism. It was Grandin's advice that helped them make a key decision, the location of the trail.
4: She explained that we needed to be in deep nature and, not re- and and resist the people who wanted us to build it closer to populations.
5: Over the next seven years, Penman, Hernstein, and local advocate Gail Cerventi raised more than $3 million and secured a partnership with New York State. Today, they're known as the aunt aunts. Pittman spends several days a week overseeing every element of the construction of the trail.
4: While other entities are making public places accessible, we are making an accessible place public.
5: The trail is beyond compliant with the Americans with Disabilities Act. Everything from the type of stone laid on the steps to the engineered wood fiber that lines the path. To the repeated patterns of three throughout the park, was handpicked with neurodiversity in mind. But all will be welcome here when it opens in the fall. Abita couldn't be prouder of Ali's impact on this corner of the world.
0: And think of all the lives that
4: his story is going to affect. And I I just feel really proud of, you know, the fact that his,
0: his story inspired something this wonderful. James Brown is a reporter with WXXI News. You've been listening to Earshot from WXXI News. And we want to know, what are the stories you're thinking about? What are you talking about in your community? Drop us a line at earshot at WXXI.org. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date on local news. Find even more at our website, wxxinews.org. Music this week from Blue Dot Sessions and Poddington Bear. I'm Veronica Volk. Thanks for listening.
1: This program is a production of member-supported WXXI Public Broadcasting, Rochester, New York.